Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome to the latest episode of Half Street High Heat and the last one of the 2019 regular season, which is very exciting. I just want to take a minute to thank all of you guys who've been listening. It's hard to believe we've been doing this for an entire season now, and uh, the podcast has grown so much. We've got lots more subscribers, tons of people interacting with us online. We just really appreciate it and wanted to take a minute to tell you guys that before we possibly get our hearts ripped out on Tuesday. I'm joined, as always, by my uh, misanthropic co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. You can find them on Twitter at DCNatchack. You can find me at AWhite7877, and you can find the show at Half Street High Heat. We are doing this for the DMVSportsNetwork.com. You can uh, find them at DMV underscore SN. So how are you guys doing? Are you trying um, to say we're not philanthropic? That's definitely what misanthropic means, right? We're missing out on <laughs> yes, being philanthropic. Well, just that you like to be, you know, you just like to mess with everybody and don't really like to people. Say, to say you believe in philanthropy? <laughs> it's not exactly so, the opposite of ph- philanthropic. It's, so it's, instead it's of filling thrampy, we're emptying thrampy. It's empty thrampy. Yes, precisely. Precisely. Yeah. Good that you yeah, broke it. it down so succinctly for our listeners. Yeah. Yep. So big week, huh? Big week. So yep. I'm gonna let you guys know everything that happened. So it is playoff season. Everything that happened in the previous 162 games does not matter. It's a new slate. It's business season. It's everything season. And now gonna recap everything that happened last week very quickly. Uh the Marlins, they finished the year 57 and 105. Good news is they will have the number three pick in next year's draft. 
For the seventh straight year, the Phillies do not finish above 500. They finish 81 and 81. They prove it does not matter who you sign, who you have. If you don't have any competent pitching, you're not going to be very good. Um, and their season ended with a five game sweep at DC. And third place, we have the up and down carousel that was the New York Mets. Um, they finished the year 86 and 76, which is kind of really surprising because everything they went through. Um, Mickey Callaway met with ownership and thought it was going to be him being fired, but they were going over their list of free agents they went to target. So it sounds like Mickey Callaway is going to be returning next year. Um, Pete Alonso sets the record for the most home runs in the season ever by a rookie with 53. Yankee fans everywhere lost their minds and they were extremely upset over that because Yankee fans love obsessing over teams that don't make the playoffs. And then they were once 19 and 31. They finished the year 93 and 69. Nice. They're the 19th, 19th team ever to make the playoffs after being 12 games under 500. And no matter what your thoughts were, the situation, after all the offseason headlines, all the events that occurred on April 2nd, the national media, the fan shaming, all the drama, the countless shots, the five-game sweep to eliminate the Phillies from the playoffs was a little extra sweep for everyone here and stuff that the boomers loved especially. And then winning the NL East in first place where they spent most of the year were the Braves. They proved literally everyone wrong because no one expected them to be as good as they were last year. Um, they finished the year 97 and 65. Um, their big three got lit up in New York. Freddie Freeman does have some elbow issues. He said it hurts when he extends his arms when he swings. That doesn't sound very good to me, Bob. But they finished with the second best record in the National League and they faced the Cardinals in the NLDS. So that is how the Annalise wraps up the year. With another month coming to an end, we look around baseball. Justin Verlander becomes the first pitcher to record 300 Ks at the age of 36 or older since 1875. He also surpassed 3,000 strikeouts in his career. He is a Hall of Famer, and he probably locked up the Cy Young Award because everyone's a teared up Kate Upton coming at them on Twitter again. Um, MLB sets history for the first time ever. Four teams won over 100 games in one year. On the complete opposite end of the spectrum, it was the first time ever four teams lost 100-plus games in a single season. Yay, baseball. Um, the Rays are playoff bound for the first time since 2012. Joe Madden was let go and his phone is already ringing. Um, as was Frazier of the Pirates, his phone will not be ringing as much. Ned Yost retires. Um, sad, great manager, terrible team, unfortunately. And last but not least, Reds announcer Marty Brenneman retires after 46 great years. And that is the year of baseball. Nice. Lots of stuff. Well, it was lots a, of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. One other thing that didn't make your list there, Ryan, that I don't know if you guys saw today was uh, that they brought Clayton Kershaw in in relief today. The Dodgers did against the Giants. Did you see that? I did. I and then I, Mad Bum pinched it. Yeah, I yeah saw then Mad they brought Bum then the Giants brought hit. Mad Bum into pinch hit against him, and they had a very nice moment where he threw him only fastballs in a sign of respect, and then. Uh, after he was out, he tipped his cap. Kershaw did both to Bumgarner and to Bochi. So it was a pretty cool moment. Oh, yeah, Bruce Bochi's retired. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yes. 
Why did, wait, why did Kershaw fun. pitch? I don't know. I don't know why they brought him in. I just think he was going to, like, because he's pitching Thursday, so I guess to, like, get just a quick tune up or whatever. session in. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of like, I don't know if you guys remember, but this was, Yankees were in San Francisco. This was years and years ago, but uh, Barry Bonds was coming up, so they the Yankees brought in Roger Clemens to face him just for like one of those cool moments. I mean, this was at the oh, end of awesome. both of their careers, but I, I assume it's sort of like the same thing with Mad Bum most likely not in San Fran next year, then obviously Bochy retiring. So cool moment yeah. there. Uh, the 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 one that um, I really liked was um, Ned Yost. Uh, obviously, he's retiring. He I mean, if you put his whole career together, it nothing aside from the World Series, nothing really jumps out, especially the record. But he said he knew he was very realistic about the Royals and he wanted to get them past essentially the rebuild and basically restart their young core, which he feels like they have now. And that's why he's retiring when he is. So I, I just respected that a lot, that he is leaving the Royals in a good place in his mind. So. Good for him. Yeah, that is a cool thing. Yeah, a lot happening. And, uh, of course, as you pointed out, Ryan, now that it's the playoffs, nothing that happened before matters at all. And uh, now we just have to wait and see what happens on Tuesday night against – it is going to be the Brewers. I'm sure anybody who cares enough about the Nats to be listening to this podcast already knows that. But it is going to be here, and it is going to be the Brewers. And uh, what do you guys think? What are your thoughts about the matchup with the Brewers? Well – We'll get there in a little bit. Uh, we got to talk about the good, bad, and the ugly of the year first before we dive into our playoff discussion. Listen, Amanda just wants to talk about it. She's jumped the gun. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I'll do our good and bad and ugly first. So we're going to do our good, the bad, and the ugly this, this episode for the entire year, not just for the week. So our good for the year is the rotation, which, as we know, has been the net strength for a long time. And uh, it was their strength this year, for sure. Um, they came in second in ERA. First in, is, was it WAR? Is that how you pronounce that? Is it WAR? <laughs> <laughs> second in innings pitched, uh, third in fifth, fourth least losses, and the fourth most wins. So it was, for a really up and down season, um, the rotation was definitely their, their stalwart. Stalwart? <laughs> Ward. <laughs> No, uh, no, isn't that? I'm. Um, I thought that's how you pronounce it, stalwart. Yeah, it is. How did you say it? Oh, let's not do this again. Talk about the rotation. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, the thing that has been our saving grace, our crutch, our strength for years and years and years now is continuing to do so. Patrick Corbin fit right in perfectly. Um, obviously a huge upgrade over Geo. Uh, couldn't get much worse there, but, um, <laughs> Max continued to dominate. Uh, obviously the season didn't end how I'm sure he would have wanted, but he, all in all, he had a great season. Strasburg is probably the biggest win in my mind, even above Corbin. Um, in that one, he stayed healthy all year. He made 30 plus starts. Um, did he lead the NL in strikeouts or am I making that up? DeGrom did. Ah. Well, Strauss was up there. Uh, he won't win the Cy Young, um, but certainly in consideration, um, over 200 innings. I don't know if I already said that, but 
Um, yeah, Strasburg's the big win in my mind. Uh, Sanchez did exactly what you signed him to do. Um, the fifth starter for most teams is a kind of carousel. It's whoever's healthy pretty much throws that fifth day. So not really too concerned about that. But yeah, the rotation is what got us through the rough stretches. It what It's what carried us through the, the high periods of the season. So uh, without the rotation, we obviously wouldn't be where we are. So kudos to them. Indeed. What are your thoughts, Ryan? I mean, just everything Nick said, they're the reason why this team got to 93 wins. Um, when everything was, when shit was literally hitting the fan, the rotation <laughs> was there to hold it down. Bad I mean, word. Even, I'll, I'll I mean, it it's, it's playoff <laughs> season, baby. I, I'm just getting started. Um, Voss held the fort down. <laughs> when bleep, Voss looked good. I mean, it was huge strength, and I'm just glad they came through because that's what the team was built around. Indeed. All right. So what is our bad? The defense, which I think improved mightily as the year wore on um, and is much better here finishing up than it was early in the season. But the stats are not good. Um, so we've got I'm sorry. You guys are going to have to I have to see. So you guys are going to have to wait. <laughs> they, All right. But they are. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> so they are 18th in defensive rating, 18th in defensive run save. 16th in UZR 150, which is basically the ultimate zone rating, how much ground they cover. Pretty average there. And then 15th in arm. I just like the stat because Adam Eaton ranks dead last in arm because he has a noodle arm. Um, <laughs> the defense was very I was wondering why you threw this in. It's not a very common stat. <laughs> it's like, why is this I was hoping I arm, arm like was an acronym for something that had zero to do with like someone's arm strength. <laughs> no, it literally arm strength. Yeah. <laughs> it's strictly arm strength. Um, their outfield did lead the league in outs above average. Um, Victor Robles led the league in that stat alone, plus 21. I think uh, Juan Soto was like plus six. I can't remember what Adam Eaton's was, That's but his defensive metrics. Yeah. Juan Soto's were there. His, his defensive metrics are average, just like everyone all around. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I couldn't figure out bad, but since the defense metrics was all in the middle, I'm, they get the bad. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. In, yeah, in, and the ugly like, has to be reserved for the bullpen, so you could. Oh, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> but all encompassing, yeah, we're very middle of the road in everything you just said. So yeah, that is kind of bad. I mean, if you're middle of the road in most things, you're not a playoff team. So it's not like our defense was helping us in um, any capacity. Really, and I'm sure if you take out Robles, which obviously you can't, but just in terms of obviously you have nine position players or nine guys in the field that count towards defensive rating. Um, but if you take out Robles, I'm sure a lot of these stats get a lot worse because of how good Robles is defensively. So it just goes yeah, to show that outside of Robles, right? But outside of Robles, you don't, you don't, you don't have much else. Yeah, I mean, with Robles, I mean, it's just like at some point you just got to let the kid play. Like he's a damn good center fielder, so just let him play, and you can position him properly based on the at bat or the pitcher or whatnot. But at some point, you just got to let the talent take over and not be too analytical with a guy like Robles. Yep, totally agree with that. Okay, the ugly could only be the bullpen. <laughs> It's been so much better of late than it was early in the year, but there that is not um, a high bar. 
the uh, it ranked 29th in ERA. I mean, just a dreadful ERA for the bullpen through the whole year. 23rd in WAR, 30th in hmm. innings, 30th in left on base percentage, third most losses, and the sixth least wins. That is just vile. <clears throat> the highest ERA to ever make the playoffs in MLB history. Um, I think they have the <laughs> fifth highest bullpen ERA since 1950. Um, it's ugly. Regular season, you can hide a bullpen, but since 2000, bullpens have pitched, sorry, relievers have pitched 49.7% of playoff innings. You can't hide it anymore. So it's gonna, bullpens decide playoffs. So gotta figure out what the heck's going on there and hopefully they, they, uh, do some good. Dread it, run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. It's all the same. Yeah, I do have to take a moment, though, to just marvel at the fact that they made the playoffs at all, given this bullpen. Marvel? And marvel <laughs> She did that on purpose. Fact, yeah. She had to. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. <laughs> um, I can't believe that they're even in the playoffs, given where we were earlier in the season. I mean, all three of us on this show, if you guys have listened since the beginning, we were all very down in the dumps about the chances of that happening. So it's fantastic and you think about the number of games that were we had won and the bullpen blew them and this team won 93 games even given that i mean they could have easily been a 100 plus maybe 105 win team if this bullpen had even just been average so it really is an amazing accomplishment for the nats this year and i just hope the bullpen can be completely different in the postseason than they were in the regular season that's really what i want <laughs> Ryan, off, I don't know if you know the number, but do you know how many blown saves we had? Um, I think 32. Yeah, so if you, I mean, obviously you can't, but just in a hypothetical world, cut that in half, you're adding 16 right. wins to an already 93-win season. So there's no yeah. reason we couldn't have won the division outside of our bullpen was literally the worst in playoff history. Or a team for a team right, to make the, the worst, playoffs. Like, so. like you said, the worst since 1950, and that's including the the better numbers recently. I mean, earlier in the season, it was maybe I think it was actually the worst ever in the history of baseball for a while. For a it while, was. yeah, yeah, not good, not good. Well, not let's good hope luck. that they completely are different in the uh, postseason. But I think in the wild card, we're not likely to see much of the bullpen. I think we're going to just use our starters. That's and a relief. good thing. <laughs> yes, but um, if we get it to the NLDS against the Dodgers, um, yeah, I don't want to think too much about that. Not looking too far ahead. So let's talk wild card roster predictions. Yeah, so I tweeted this out. Do we want to start? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, no, you do we want to start with like who, who's a lock to make the roster? Yeah, that's a good idea. Then and we then can just talk about the fringe guys. Yeah. So, yeah. Ryan, so catchers. So catchers, obviously, it's going to be Jan Gomes and Kurt Suzuki. Um, Howie, Ryan Zimmerman are there. Cabrera, Dozier. Um, big surprise. Really glad about these guys, but Turner, Rendon are going to be there. Um, yeah, pretty surprised pretty sure. that. Also, Soto, Robles, Eaton. Um, and then Max, Strauss, Corbin are also there. Uh, oh, I then would say Hudson. Sanchez too. And see, I was I was thinking about Sanchez, but Ooh. I had him. Um, Sanchez, Hudson, Doolittle are going to be there, um, and then Strickland as well. 
So that leaves your one, two. What about two, like six? Three, three bench spots, and then I can't remember how many. Three relievers. Like, yeah. So I think I I was trying to keep track as we were going. Wow, what a great idea! And we completely botched it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Professionals. That's what I, we are around here. <laughs> all right. Well, we definitely so have I think three we've got, bench spots. I said so, 19 people. I mean, yeah, so there's six more spots. Yeah, nailed it. Never in mm-hmm. doubt the entire time. Yeah, no, we um, were totally sure. So, so yeah, three bench so spots, more three bench relievers. Spots. Yeah, and Howie and we'll say Suzuki are two of your bench spots. So you have three well outside of those two. Oh, and yeah. Dozier. Sorry. So that's three yep. of your bench. And then for two spots, um, you got between. Para, Michael Taylor, Matt Adams, Andrew Stevenson, Wilmer Gifo. Um, I personally do not bring Matt Adams on this roster. I think he's absolutely terrible. He really doesn't provide anything, but I know they're going to because they want a lefty bat. And then it's going to come down to the yep. fourth outfielder. Um, and then Michael Taylor went five for his last six, but Harada Para had a monster weekend and people were he like, sure the bar should start the wild. 11 RBIs this weekend. He, he was, um, he went, when he went six for his last six, that was like more hits awesome. he had in the last like 50 games. So I don't know. What he, is he likes to play the Indians? I guess. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe he took some steroids and he's starting to hit again. So I think that para gets the last bench spot. So I think the bench will be. And you're giving it to um, Stevenson. Well, so you're giving Parra I, I, to Stevenson. I threw I threw a bench spot to Stevenson just because his numbers when pitch hitting are stupid this oh, season. Yeah. Andrew Stevenson, mm-hmm. he's he's hitting like close to 400 when he's pinch hitting. So like that's extremely valuable, and he also has some speed. So I personally give that to him. I don't think the Nats bring him on now. Um, I think he's just a nice thing to think about, but they're going to go so cutthroat, so clear with this that he won't make it. And then we move to the final three pitcher spots, right? Is it three years or other? I've, I've lost so much count. Three. It's three. (laughs) It should be three. We have Hudson and Ross or Fetty. What do you think? Ross or Fetty? It's going to be one of those two. So Hudson, Doolittle. Yeah. Or Rainey. No. Did I say Rainey? No, both. I have both and Ross. Um, I don't want Wander Suero. I do not want Fernando Rodney anywhere near this roster. The problem is, Diane, I think you've got Elias on your it. list too. I had Elias just because. Okay, let's be honest. There's only four pitchers who are going to pitch in this game. It's going to be Max Strauss, Hudson, and Doolittle. If Davey pitches anyone else in this game, he failed miserably. Unless it's Corbin. No one else should pitch in this game besides those four guys right there. So it's kind of just like picking people out in case just everything goes absolutely buck wild and you got to pitch someone else. But it's got to be Max, it's got to be Strauss, and then Doolittle, and then Hudson. No one else needs to pitch. And don't you have Guerra on your list? I looked at your list earlier. Didn't you have Guerra on there? I sure do. Yeah. My my no 25, from- I had Eaton, no. Tara, Stevenson. And now my pitchers, I had Max, Strauss, Corbin, Sanchez, Roth, Voth, Hudson, Doolittle, Rainey, Guerra, Strickland, and Elias. 
Because, like I said, so that means you're leaving those... off Adams. Matt I would Adams leave off... does not make my roster. I, I would yeah. leave off Adams, too, because, one, I think Howie's the primary backup first baseman behind Zim, and also they've played Parra there. And let's be honest, Matt Adams isn't providing you anything defensively at first, so putting Parra there is basically like a lateral move, if anything, from right. Adams. And Parra is also a lefty bat, so there's literally no reason for Adams to be on the roster. Parra finished Parra better. And the outfield, too. And can, yeah, yeah. So that's and just my thought the, on the whole Matt Adams thing. The playoffs are about who has been the hottest. It's not about who's been the best for the regular season, who's been your guy, like Max, starting. It's about who has <laughs> been the hottest. Um, Matt Adams, his one thing, he's supposed to be a lefty power bat. He has three home runs in his last 30 games. His slugging yeah. is 300 in the last 30 games. That doesn't bring any value. Like you have other guys who can do that and a lot better. So that's why I'm not bringing him on the roster because I think he's a waste of a roster spot at this point. Yeah, I think Parra has a better use of the roster spot too. I'm going to agree with you on that one. Um, I was going to choose Matt instead of Stevenson, even though I actually kind of think they should bring Stevenson, but I wanted to just say Taylor because I knew it would make you guys upset. <laughs> well, Michael Taylor. But I just can't do it. Michael Taylor. I mean, if you so like, if you are realistic about his role on a playoff roster, meaning you give him zero at bats if at right, all possible, he's strict, strictly pinch running or and or defensive. Yes, I'm perfectly fine with that. But don't pull a Dusty and rely on Michael A. Taylor for valuable at bats. <clears throat> don't do a Wilmer Defoe moment. Oh God. God, that was so bad. So bad. The and stuff of my the, one, the Michael A. Taylor home run in 2017 or whatever it was, go back and look at that. That pitch was like up at his neck. And he, <laughs> I mean, got, he hit it and there was a home run. But like, I mean. You probably shouldn't have swung at that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, 99 times out of 100, you're going to strike out on that pitch or it's going to be an out. Like he got so lucky. But I digress. Continue. All right, so let's talk more about the pitching spots then. I think we're mostly in agreement, it seems like, on the bench stuff. So you would bring, Ryan, you said Guerra and Elias and Ross. And Rainey. I would like to see and Ross. And Rainey. I would like to see I would like to see Fetty on this roster, I think. I don't know if I would see um I don't think so. I I, well, I think you get take more Ross out of over both Fetty Ross. for your long I would take both and options. And Rick, I would take all those options over Fetty. Would you? I would take both and Fetty, I think, instead of Ross. So just, Ross this is just Ross pitched well today. He this did, like three, but nine year as a starter, I think. But he won't be Who, a starter. Fetty or so, Ross? No, Ross. Well, the thing is, like, this is just for the wild card game. Like, he's not going to pitch, and neither is Eric Fetty. So it's kind of just true. like the insurance person. If someone gets injured, or it goes like the fifteenth inning or so. Um, I like Fetty, but I feel like since actually I don't even know if who to go between them, I completely forgot about Fetty. But I would just go <laughs> Ross, just because overall his numbers suck. But yeah, I mean, yeah, suck. I would take I would <laughs> that, take Fetty over Ross. That's probably a good thing to qualify with, though, is that this is just for the wild card game, which is obviously just one game. So chances are you might have like a deeper bench than you do like. 
emphasis on the bullpen just because we've we already know if Max Ross and Corbin will all be available and probably Sanchez will be available too. So those are four starters who will definitely be able to get you through nine innings. Um, just those four alone. And then you obviously have Hudson and Doolittle. So you might have a deeper bench, including Adams or Michael A. Taylor or Stevenson or something like that. Um, but if we go further than that, then obviously you have to make decisions as to uh, who gets on and who gets yeah. left off. My wild card roster is going to look a little different than my NLDS roster. Yeah, as it should. Yeah. Well, because like when I when I was writing this up the first time, I had I included Matt Adams, I had Michael Taylor, I had Stevenson, and I had Defoe, as well as with all the other guys. I just had like a long ass bench and just brought I think like six pitchers just to avoid all the bad people and like. Hunter Strickland was on the roster either. Plenty of, the, plenty of them to avoid. Exactly, because yes. like you, you don't want to put the ball in their hands. I was like, eh, I mean, let's. I'll try to be a little more realistic with it. Um, but they do have options. I just there's so many people in the bullpen I want to avoid. And Fernando Rodney is my number one on that list. I can't stress yeah, this enough. I would. I would not do want you, him on the I roster. Mean, the one I would. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm not saying I'm not defending it by any means, but do you really think they're going to leave Rodney off the roster? Well, no, because I they, actually they do have think no they're going to leave him off the roster. No, I think they're going to leave him off. Um, I think maybe not for the wild card game because I know they're not going to see him, but I think they're going to leave him off the NLDS roster. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I mean, I want I would to say my... for sure. And I wouldn't bring Gara either. That's my other. Thing I would uh, bone to pick with this list that you put together, Ryan. I would take Suero over Guerra. He was in twenty fourth. I don't like. I don't want to see either of them. I wouldn't see. I don't want to see either of them. But I would take Suero over Guerra. I mean, yeah. I mean, neither of them are going to pitch. Um, I was literally just saying they're thinking about it. I was like, well, I feel like maybe I got carry another reliever. I didn't want to throw Suero just because Davy. It's like. Hmm, pitching change, slaps button, here comes Suero. I just wanted to avoid that. Uh, you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. He's either going to be really good, really bad. Those are guys you try to avoid in the postseason. So I was like, hey, let me grab a guy who I know for a fact he's never going to pitch. Put him on my roster at the 24 spot. <laughs> nice. All right, any other things you would change, Nick? No, I... I- I mean, there's going to be guys in the bullpen where I wish we had a better option, but we don't. So they're going to make the the, the roster. And same thing with the bench. Like, I, I think Para did enough to alleviate the concerns a lot of uh, people had about him going into the playoffs, whether it be offensively or defensively with his huge weekend and obviously the Grand Slam and the baby shark phenomena that's so stupid, but it just won't die. Um, like, so Hopefully he's going to make the, the roster. It will, it will be over. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's going to make the roster, even though I wish we had someone better. Uh, someone like Gara or Suero will make the roster, even though, again, I wish we had someone better. Just the way it goes. Um, hopefully we don't have to see much of them or see them at all for that matter. But I mean, we we just have to hope that our stars can carry us through um, because obviously that's what they've done all season. So hopefully they can continue. 
Indeed. So let's talk now, um, starting lineup. Now that we've talked who's going to be on the roster and uh, many of whom we won't see, what do you guys think about what would be, if you were creating the starting lineup, what would you, what would you do? Uh, so if, if I was doing the roster, leading off, I would have Trey and then Eaton, then you go Rendon, Soto, um, batting fifth and playing first base, I would have Howie. How we finish season really yes, hot. You kind of lose a little bit there defensively, but I would still go Howie. And then batting sixth, I would throw a Strubel Cabrera there. Um, seventh, who, who did I not? Oh, sorry. No, six, I go Ro. Nah, nah, I, I keep him six. Um, seven, I go Robles. Eighth, I would go Jan Gomes. Um, I know Kurt Suzuki has been. The whole year wide, he's been the better offensively, but in the in the off sorry in the playoffs, it's all about defense and pitching. I think games since two thousand on average score two and a half less runs. It's all about the defense and catching. Sorry, defense and pitching. And Jan Gomes is a top five defensive catcher when Kurt Suzuki ranks dead last in just about every single defensive metric including catcher's ERA that quantifies the ability uh, to catch a game, Amanda, cough, cough. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was, that was that was interesting. So I would go with Gomes. I would just say that I would be fine with starting Suzuki if at some point you had the full intention of going to Gomes for the defensive uh, upgrade. Obviously, later in the game, hopefully you're up at that point. Um, but obviously, it just depends on the the course of the game and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I agree with Ryan. I don't think they're going to start Howie. Um, I just don't. I think they're going to go Zim again. Uh, I would. It's kind of the same thing I said Howie. about. I think it's going to be. I, I, it's the same thing I said about. Uh, the wildcard game starter, I said I would respect Davey a ton more if he had the balls to go Strauss over Max. He obviously didn't. Um, so it's kind of the same thing, obviously, to a much lesser degree. I would have a lot of respect for him if he did go Howie over Zim, but I just don't think he's going to. I think he's going to play it safe. And uh, well, do the, what would I, you I don't do think it's going to turn out well. The lineup card. What would your lineup Oh, it would be like? the same exact thing as Ryan's. I mean... All right, mine would be almost the same, but a little bit of change. Once you get to the, like, after Soto, basically, you can basically switch those guys around to however you... Well, I guess after Howie, you can switch those guys around however you want. It doesn't really matter too much. But go ahead. I, I would do uh, Turner, Eaton, Rendon, Soto. Obviously, that's been what they've been doing all year. I'd go Kendrick in the five spot at first base, Cabrera in the sixth spot at second. I would go Suzuki at least for the innings that Max pitches. I think that's been the, they've been the tandem that's all fair. year. I would want to mess with that. And I would say if Suzuki is out there with Max, that Max goes three innings or four innings or whatever happens, then if you want to switch out for Gomes when somebody else comes in, I'd be fine with that. But Suzuki, I think has, he's been swinging a good bat, even, you know, even though he missed some time. Does he call a good how. game? <laughs> I think so. I do believe he does. Yeah. And then I'd go uh, Robles in the eight spot, and then obviously Scherzer's going to be starting. So, yeah, I, I think, though, though, I bet you we don't see Scherzer unless he's, you know, in beast mode, which hopefully he will be. But unless he's, you know, really cruising, I bet you we'll see Strauss by the fifth or sixth inning at the latest. 
as we should. Yep. Because so I mean, so let's for say people listening. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, let's say Max goes through five scoreless or five giving up one or two. There's no reason to have him like continue pitching. Like none at all. You yeah, have. I would. I would let him go yeah. twice through the lineup, and then I'd pull him. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly my point. Just don't. Every stat in the world known to man says once you hit that third time through the lineup, all the numbers jump for the uh, offensive guys. Like pitchers regress like exponentially. So no matter how well Max is pitching, there's literally no reason to pitch him past the fifth or sixth inning whenever the third time through the lineup comes up. So I I hope they make the change there. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so what I was just going to say is for those of you listening, we want to see your lineups. So everybody, um, we'll put something out. Maybe we can just put up a tweet on the uh, the main account and, you know, ask everybody. That's asking a lot. (laughs) It's for their lineups, right? If you can make that so. Um, Just, yeah, we'd love to see what everybody else thinks. And uh, I think there's going to probably be a lot of people who would start Strauss. There's probably going to be a lot of discussion about Suzuki versus Gomes or Kendrick versus Zim or Cabrera versus Dozier, maybe. Yeah, versus Eaton. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I don't think we'll see too much of that. But yeah, it's super interesting. But anyway, give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. So, uh, okay, let's talk about the matchup itself um, with the Brewers. We know now it's going to be the Brewers came down to the very last day. Uh, But the Brewers are really wishing they hadn't given up that uh, lead in the ninth inning yesterday. And can I Braves? Before we start talking about the Brewers, um, I actually wish we had gotten the Cardinals. And I maybe that might sound weird at the start, but I because Jack Flaherty pitched today and he wouldn't be starting. He still would have pitched Tuesday, though. But he wouldn't have been the starter, though. Like I understand, like Daniel Hudson has a two six ERA. I think it's like a one year in his last 10 starts. And then they go to the Hudson now relief. With a no, no Hudson, down ever. Hudson didn't Daniel have Hudson's that, been, that, he's been on wait, fire wait, wait, wait. and, and, uh, Larry no, only lately, like but overall 70 pitches. Well, no, I know, but like, he's been on fire and Flair didn't throw that many pitches today. So he's still with a pitch and they would have been screwed. Dakota like, Hudson. Got, I wanted to call yeah. him Daniel Hudson, but I knew that wasn't his name. Um, not his name. Uh, that's not my name. Uh, <laughs> a three three five ERA for this year. I mean, which is still solid. Don't get me wrong, but um, the I guess lately. we can jump. Yeah, we can jump into it now. Um, the reason I personally do not want to face the Brewers is that um, one, their bullpen's great. Like they have a great bullpen. Uh, they've been used to not having their starting pitchers go deep in games. So a situation like the wildcard game where no starting pitcher ever goes deep into the games, cause that's just the way it goes. Uh, it favors the brewers because that's what they've had to do all season. Their rotation isn't great. And it's weird to, to like say that not having a good rotation helps you in the wildcard game, but that's not what I'm saying. It's just the, the mindset and the strategy behind it. The brewers have been doing this already. Whereas the Nats have, almost left their pitchers in too long in order to avoid the bullpen rather than the, the brewer strategy. Um, and also just the fact that Max is the one going up against the brewers 
the Brewers, yes, they strike out a lot, but they're all top to bottom in the lineup. They're more than capable of hitting home runs. They're a very boom bust lineup. So they'll either, they're like the Adam Dunn of lineups. They'll strike out a ton, but they'll hit a ton of home runs too. And Max is known to give up home runs. Thank you. Um, Max is known to give up home runs as well. So it, it just doesn't seem like a great matchup on paper. Obviously, there's more than one reason. There's more than one reason where I would have loved to see Strauss pitch, but I just don't think Max is the best, uh, the ideal pitcher, especially with the way he's pitching right now. But they strike out a lot, and Max is a strikeout artist. So yes, he right. But he could. Runs, it only takes don't. one pitch. It only takes one so pitch. We've like, seen Max do it. Yeah. To Nick's point, the Brewers roster is constructed for October baseball. Um, Brandon Woodruff, he's going to go three innings. I, you can put down a sharpie right now. He's yep. not going to go more than three innings, and then they're going to turn the ball over to their bullpen. And Josh Hader will pitch at least. He's going to go three. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like you can guarantee that right now. And like Brandon Woodruff, like his numbers in the last seven are great. Um, but ever since Christian Yelich got hurt, their offense ranks dead last in every single category except for OPS. They rank twenty eighth in baseball in that. Lorenzo Kane just hurt his uh, leg, and then Ryan Braun also sp- uh, sprained his calf, which Elias has been out with for a while. So they're two of their best hitters. You don't really know how they're doing, but the annoying thing about them, like I said, is their roster is built for this. That's the reason why they get hot in September is because they can start with the rosters expanding. They start doing a lot of pitchers. They go strictly based up on matchups. And they'll throw like seven, eight different pitchers at you, but they're all good to get the best possible matchup. That's why they went one game away from the World Series. And that's why they do scare me. But at the end of the day, the biggest X factor in this entire game is Dave Martinez. The Nationals do have the better roster, but it's is Dave Martinez going to take the pitchers out the right moment? And he's going to be a man and pitch the four we talked about? Or is he going to be like, well, this guy's been my seventh and eighth inning guy all year and get this team in trouble? That's what's going to decide this game Tuesday. Yeah, and I have yeah, no faith I mean, in Davey Martinez's in-game management decisions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, to a, like Amanda's point, this is uh, the point she loves to bring up when we talk about the universal DH and how NL has more strategy, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, obviously, that's it. The epitome of that strategy is put on display during the wild card game because you have to be very strategic. You have to make the right moves, and there's obviously no room for error. It's a game seven um, in its purest definition because it, it's literally win or go home off the bat. Um, so, yeah, obviously, Davy Martinez hasn't been the best uh, at making a managerial decisions when he needs to. Um, so we'll see if he can, or at least improve in that regard. But Ryan's absolutely right. It, it's all going to hinge on Davey Martinez because is he going to have the balls to pull out Max if he feels like Max is struggling? I mean, that's not an easy thing. I mean, he struggled to take out Max during like a meaningless game in June. Like, what makes you think that Davey's going to be able to pull him out in, like, with the season on the line in the wildcard game? I, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It's a great, it's a great point, Ryan, that he is the X factor. You just don't know 
you know, we've seen a lot of poor decision making um, from Martinez the year. So I, I just don't know. I mean, I, I feel like we've talked all year long about how important, how much more important in-game management is during the playoffs than it is in the regular season because you have such a long season and so much room for error. But, you know, not just the postseason, but a wild card game, you have zero, you have zero room for error. You have to make the right decisions every single time. And if you don't, then that's the end of the season. And I, I don't know. I'm scared, but I, I am. I will say I would rather face the Brewers than the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to beat the Braves, and uh, I think they're going to be the ones at the NLCS, and hopefully we'll be facing them there. But uh, if we don't, I, I would not like to see them until then. <laughs> so I'm glad we ended up with the Brewers. Neither team's going to be an easy one to beat, but I'd rather face the Brewers with all of their injury issues than I would the Cardinals. Who do you think yeah. wins? The wild card? Yeah. I think I'll the Nats start. are going to do it. I'm going to think the Nats are going to uh, do it. I hate to say it out loud in the universe, but I think the Nats are going to do it. I'm going Brewers. I have oh. no joy in saying that, but I mean, this team is basically the same as it was last year. Obviously, they are without Yelich, and that's a huge loss, but they've been one of the hottest teams in baseball since Yelich went down with injury. This team is more than capable of winning a big game. Uh, this team is more than capable of going on a run. They did it last year, like I said, with essentially the same roster in place. They were one game away from the World Series. Uh, they know what they need to do in big game situations. They've been here. They're hungry. They are eager to prove themselves that they're not just the Christian Yelich Brewers. They're the Milwaukee Brewers, and they can step up. Obviously, if Max goes out there and dominates and gets us off to a hot start, yeah, we we could win. I'm not saying we have zero shot, but uh, I'm just going with, I guess, history at this point and what history tells me and that the Nats will crumble in one way or another. My money's on David Martinez messing everything up for the players and the fans and the team alike, but I, I think the Brewers uh, have this one. What about you, Ryan? I don't like making predictions for my teams. Um, I think it's bad juju, but I don't trust Dave Martinez. I, I yep. think yeah. he leaves a pitcher in one batter too many, and that will cost them. And a pitcher like yeah, Max is exactly the guy he would do it with, too. So Yeah, it could certainly happen. Although I have to say to me, you know, we talked about Davey Martinez being the X factor. If we could make one more X factor, it's going to be the lineup. Because I think given how good the the bullpen is for the Brewers and how they're going to play matchups, that they've got to get out to an early lead and they've got to put up runs early in the game. And if they can put up five, six, seven runs, that might be a bullpen-proof uh, lead, then I think they've got a shot. If we get into the fifth or sixth inning and they haven't scored or there's only one or two runs, I'd be very nervous if it comes down to bullpen versus bullpen. I mean, that's not a good... That's not a good situation for them. No, we lose that. I mean, obviously, we everyone knows we lose that. We literally have the worst postseason bullpen ever. So, yeah, literally ever, literally, literally, literally not just like literally. Yeah, not figuratively, worst. literally, but literally, literally the worst, the worst bullpen to ever <laughs> make the playoffs. It's pretty impressive, actually. All right, so I'm the only one predicting that the Nets are going to win. So hopefully, I'm well, right. technically, Ryan. Ryan didn't give a prediction. 
I, 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 would, I like good predictions for my teams. I would like to, to point that out. He but, asked us uh, for was, ours and then didn't do it himself. Did you notice that, Nick? Like a true commentator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's very <laughs> smart. He's sneaky in that way. Um, I will say, while the Brewers are better at home than they are away, they're 40 and 40 on the road. Oh, wait, how does that make sense? Shouldn't there be 81 road game? Oh, this <laughs> must not be updated. <laughs> but they're essentially 500 on the road. Um, the visiting team is eight and six, uh, in since the wildcard game became a thing. So you really kind of just toss that out of the window. There's not really a home field advantage in a game seven situation like this. It's basically just the better managed team wins. So hopefully, uh, Davey can not suck for a day, but we will see. Davey can, yeah, I guess we will. Are you guys going? I'll be there. I am not. I am not. I, am. I, I have this I thing about. I last night. All right. Well, now the Brewers are a hundred percent winning. So <laughs> whatever. I was there Amanda, the other night when they rundown? clinched. That was awesome. Uh, a rundown. Do you want to give what? a rundown of, of, of all the times I've been in the stadium for your, terrible your months? <laughs> yeah, like I'm pretty sure 2017, you were at the Caps game this past year where they lost yeah. in Game Seven. Yep. Uh, what else? There's more double overtime. That one was a, that one was a dagger. (laughs) Yeah. I sold my tickets, made a profit and went to bed. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Well, I always say though to everybody, you can't be there for the big, huge moments. If you don't take the risk of being there for the terrible moments, you know, you have to go. Otherwise you're not there when the good stuff happens. If the good stuff happens. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say it's the Nats. So. Right. Yes. Dream big. Stuff happens. Well, good juju to the Nats. Good vibes. We're gonna. I, I think they're gonna pull it off. They're gonna do it. Of course, we all know I'm the homer of the bunch of us, and you two are always the uh, the pessimist. You are. I am. It's true. All right. So the next thing we're gonna do is play an interview for you guys. But before we do that, let me remind you that we are doing this for the DMV Sports Network. Um, we are part of their library of podcasts. They have shows for all the local teams. You can check them out at the dmvsportsnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check there, subscribe, listen. We really appreciate it. And uh, without further ado, we are going to play an interview for you with Tom Saleo, who has been on the show a couple times before. He is a fantastic interview. Um, he covers the Nats for the fan-sided site, Call to the Pen. You can follow him on Twitter at T Sileo, S-I-L-E-O. He's a great follow on lots of good Nats information. So make sure to check him out. And Tom, thank you again for joining us. And here is the interview. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We are joined today for an interview by a friend of the show, Tom Sileo of Call to the Pen. Thanks for joining us again, Tom. How you been? Thanks, Amanda. I'm doing great, uh, especially since the Nats clinched. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. That is. It takes a whole lot of pressure off. It makes us all feel better. <laughs> definitely, definitely. First, so just generally speaking, since we spoke earlier in the uh, in the year, things sure have had a dramatic turnaround. What uh, are your kind of general thoughts, and what do you think made it possible for them to essentially play 650 baseball from the the time they were 12 games under until now? Yeah, it was a remarkable turnaround, and I think you and I uh, are both pleasantly surprised with how everything turned out, oh, yeah. especially since uh, May 24th. But, uh, you know, I think um, starting pitching is 
the main reason. That's the one thing I think we could predict would still be stellar. Um, and I think uh, the offense came together and gelled to a point where they could overcome some of the uh, bullpen failures that continued throughout the season. Um, but uh, it's been really exciting to watch uh, Soto in particular. He really stepped into the role of being the power hitter and cleanup guy. Of course, Rendon had you know a season for the ages uh, in terms of nationals history, and uh, and yeah, the starting pitching. And I have to say, you know, I was uh, very much aboard the fire Davy Martinez uh, train and. Uh, you know, while I still have a lot of issues with his in-game management, and I really worry about that for the postseason, uh, we have to give him credit for keeping the team together and keeping them motivated, and I don't think his ability to do that is in question anymore after this uh, remarkable turnaround. So credit where credit is due there. Yeah, I agree with you. I still um, – I. You know, I, you don't want to bash on Davey after what we just saw. They clinched after such an unlikely postseason burst. But uh, I do still have a lot of questions about his in-game management. And I think that in-game management struggles are magnified uh, by orders of magnitude in the postseason. And I, I'm very apprehensive about that. But, you know, as a D.C. sports fan, I feel like I always preach to people, you should take your joy where you can get it. And being relevant and getting into the postseason and having your team be fun to watch throughout the season is not nothing. So we should all be appreciative of that, if nothing else. Absolutely. And the bottom line is, if anyone had said to us during spring training, would would you sign up for 90 wins in a wild card after losing Bryce Harper? I think all of us would have said yes. So uh, an excellent again, point. credit where credit <laughs> is due. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And clinching the playoff berth with uh, the Phillies in town was sort of a, uh, an ironic twist, given how many people wrote off the Nats um, because of the loss of Harper this offseason. So. Oh, definitely. Was, I was looking back at some tweets and videos from April 2nd when uh, Harper returned to D.C., and it's just amazing how quickly things can change. The Nats won 14 of their next 18 games against Philly after that night, which is incredible. And, uh, wow. you know, again, uh, nothing personal toward Bryce, but uh, it was definitely a sweet moment. <laughs> the Nets it was, you know, Tom, I was in the, I was in the stadium the night he came, the first night that the Phillies came to town with Bryce for that game. And I was there when they clinched the other night. <laughs> it was definitely a very different vibe. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's fantastic. I was hoping, I went to the games in Miami on Saturday and Sunday, and I was hoping selfishly that they would clinch uh, there, but I think uh, it was much better and sweeter to have done it at home, and especially with Bryce in town, and I'm glad you got to see it in person. Yeah, it was the first time I've seen them clinch in person. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty great. Fantastic. That's great. Uh, so you mentioned a few minutes ago um, Rendon and Soto. That's actually one of the things I wanted to ask you about. You know, they've had such remarkable seasons. However, um, they have actually both had their worst numbers of the season in the month of September. They're, you know, slump is a harsh word for what they're doing, but they're not, they're not hitting the way they have. If you look at Rendon's, um, you know, batting average by month, this is the worst month of the season. He's hitting 244. And actually, if you take it from September 9th, it's even less. It's under 200. And same with Soto. He's hitting 221 for September, and it's even less. It's under two 
if you go a week into the month. So it, it's sort of concerning. I feel like it's probably just a blip, but it definitely kind of gives me the anxiety when we're going into a one-game do-or-die situation. Yeah, and that's um, I think rest is going to really help there. Rendon had the day off on, uh, let's say, today's Friday. He had the day off on Wednesday, and then Soto had the day off yesterday. So I think that'll be a big help. Remember, Soto has never been through a full 162-game season, and we have to keep in perspective. He's 20 years old, and he's hitting cleanup for a playoff team, and that would be <laughs> crazy. difficult on anyone. I mean, he should be in college, uh, playing college ball right now. So, you know, uh, I think getting him that day off the other day, and if let's keep our fingers crossed that they're able to somehow wrap up home field before Sunday, and he could maybe have another day off on Sunday as well as Rendon. Um, I'm not worried as much about uh, Anthony. I, I think he's just, uh, you know, such a great hitter. And, you know, again, having that day off the other day and maybe another one will, will be a big benefit to him. It's hard for me to worry about him, though. He's just such a great hitter, and I think he'll turn it up a notch in the postseason, having been there before. Yeah, I think that's true. And that's a great point about Soto that this this kid is young. He's he's been so amazing that we forget that he's he's a kid. He's 20 years old and he's never played so many games. And seeing him, you know, start to fade a little bit as we get into the last month of the season is probably something we all should have expected. Yeah, and I think no matter what happens in the postseason, let's obviously hope they win Tuesday night and and they at least get an opportunity to play the Dodgers, but. We cannot underestimate the value of that experience if Soto and Robles and some of the other young guys are able to go through a full a series. A real playoff series, the, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think if you look at the Atlanta Braves, who I can't stand, but at the same time, <laughs> a guy like Acuna and Albies and those young players, uh, they got to go get that playoff experience last year and you saw what they did this year so I, I really don't think you can underestimate the impact that would have for Soto and Robles and the other guys yeah it would be great hopefully they'll get more than one series worth of playoff <laughs> oh yeah absolutely <laughs> so that's a good segue to my next question for you which is what do you think is going to happen obviously the Nats have clinched who do you think is going to be their opponent for the wild card, and if they get past the wild card, what are your thoughts about the Dodgers series? Well, um, you know, it, it's hard. I still think they'll wind up playing the Brewers, but at the same time, the Brewers never lose. So, you know, I know, like literally, uh, never lose. They lost Yelich, and that apparently made no difference at all. <laughs> yeah, and they uh, deserve a ton of credit, no matter you know what winds up happening what an incredible run they went on to make the postseason without their best player but uh you know i do think it'll be the brewers the cardinals play the cubs this weekend and uh the cubs didn't seem particularly interested in the rest of their series against the pirates after they were knocked out so i'm going to assume that st louis does what it takes to uh get through that series so you know the one advantage um you know, and again, I, I do think it matters a lot whether the game is at Nationals Park or Miller Park. It's a dome stadium. Well, it's retractable roof, but the dome will be closed, and uh, it's going to be loud and raucous there. Those fans did a great job last year when the Brewers nearly made it to the World Series. So I think it would be great for the Nats to avoid that, but 
I also think the Nats will have a distinct advantage uh, in starting pitching. The Brewers are, again, I give them all the credit in the world, but starting pitching is not their number one strength. And us being able to choose between three elite starters I think will make a huge difference, and uh, and that'll be good. I, I feel like the Nats should have a good chance to beat Milwaukee, but at the same time, you just don't know because of our bullpen. Yeah, you know, that's a crap those, shoot with our bullpen. Yeah, yep. So, and honestly, I feel like Nats, it's a bit – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that if the Nats do get past that series, and yes, the Dodgers would and should be heavy, heavy favorites against us, but at the same time, you can never count out a team that can run out four elite starting pitchers. And I'm, I'm calling Anibal Sanchez elite because of the last – two months, three months that he put together. He's been fantastic. So he let's has. just have our fingers crossed that we get past that game and, and get a shot at the Dodgers. Yeah, I sure hope so. I um, I'm Also, you, know, you mentioned the bullpen being so unpredictable, which, of course, is correct. But I also I, – because our bullpen is so – up and down, you know, they really have to score a lot of runs. And there have, been a, there have been a lot of times this year where even against starting pitching that they ought to be able to tee off against, you know, that the offense sort of disappears. I just think in a one-game situation, I, I sure hope that the offense is able to bring it because they, they ought to be able to, to score some runs against the, the pitching for Milwaukee if that's who we wind up playing. But if they can't, you know, put up at least a five spot, I think that I, I'd be awfully nervous about our bullpen being able to hold the lead. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think the key to that game is going to be Trey Turner. The more he's on the base pass against Milwaukee, I think, you know, assuming it is Milwaukee, I think that will make all the difference in the world if he's, you know, out there disrupting Milwaukee's pitchers and, uh, you know, stealing bases. And I think that is going to be the real key for us. Well, yeah, as, you know, generally speaking, as goes Trey Turner is, is how the Nats do. <laughs> yep. It's really striking that when he's, when he's not right, you know, it really, really affects the whole, the whole lineup. And, yeah, I don't know if you read, uh, I think it was Rich Rowley's article about his hand injury he suffered on, at the beginning of April, that he's been playing with that injury all year long. It's really remarkable what he's been able to accomplish. Play, it sure is, and that happened fingers. that same night, I believe, against the Phillies that you were there, mm-hmm. uh, the Bryce Harper yep. game. So, yep. Yeah, the Bryce Harper game. That's probably how we're going to remember it, right? The Bryce Harper game. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. All right, so That's what's your final prediction, and then I'll let you run, for the Nats season and then for the World Series? Well, I'm going to have to, as much as I, I love the Nats and I'm pulling for them, I'm still going to have to go with another Dodgers Astros World Series. I just think Houston and I've had a I've been able to see Houston a lot this year, uh, being in West Palm Beach and they, you know, share the stadium in spring training with the Nats and they're just they're a machine. But Yeah, they are. <laughs> you know, again, let's just hope that the Nats get a shot at the Dodgers and we'll we'll take our chances with uh our elite starting pitching and go from there. I'm just uh, I'm concerned about that bullpen and concerned about the guy who manages the bullpen. But uh, I would love to be proven wrong. Please prove me wrong, Matt. Yes, please prove us wrong. Yeah, I, that's my same prediction, Tom. I think that uh, I think 
if they can get past the wild card game, which truly to me is almost a toss-up because you just don't know what bullpen and what lineup is going to show up that night. But if they get to the Dodgers series, as much as I love them, I don't see them getting past the Dodgers. I desperately want to be wrong, though. So I hope that Same here. they'll be going to the NLCS for the first time, but not, not holding my breath. We could dream. We can definitely we dream. Can I dream. think it would Yep, it would come down to those first two games at Dodgers Stadium. The Nats would need to steal one of those two, I think, to have a shot. But hey, all we need is a great starting pitching performance and uh and that could happen. So uh let's it's true. keep our fingers Ranger crossed. Ranger things have happened. That. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well thank you again so much for joining us. We always appreciate it. I hope we'll be able to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Amanda. Go Nats. All right, thank you. Go Nats. Bye-bye. All right, welcome back. Um, again, thanks, Tom, for joining us. We always appreciate your time. Um, it was a great discussion. Uh, Nick and Ryan were not available, so it was just me this time. But um, we always love having Tom on. Hopefully we will be talking to him as the Nats make their deep postseason run to the World Series, maybe. Yeah, I, I've been coughing up a lung for like the past week. So I recused myself from the interview, but Tom, appreciate you coming on and uh, talking with us. It, it's kind of fitting because he was our first interview ever, but also first interview to start the season. Might have even been before the season actually started. It was very early in this podcast's uh, history, but it's fitting that he's the last one before the playoffs too. So it's kind of cool. Yes, indeed. Yeah, he's a great interview and yeah, he's always got great insight on the Nats, and he lives down in Florida, so he goes to a lot of the spring training stuff, too. So he did yeah, talk a little bit about life. the Astros, and he sees a lot of that. <laughs> I know, right? Yep, I know the last time I went to the beach, I almost didn't come back, so. Tijuana. <laughs> yes, or something. Tijuana or something. Okay, so, Ryan, um, you're going to give us yes. a top five moments of the Nat season, which was one for the ages. Whatever happens going forward, this was a remarkable turnaround. And the fact that, for me, I just want to take a minute to say it's not something we should take for granted that our teams are competitive. You know, just that they're entertaining, that we can watch them all the way to the end and have it be fun. You know, when your team is out of it a month before the end of the season, it totally sucks. So it was a great season. Could never um, be my team. <laughs> could never, could never be yours. So give us your top five moments, Ryan. Yeah, I know. A uh, quick break from the playoff talk. I was thinking about this. This was a grueling season. There's a lot of great moments. You know, Dozier twerked on the guy. Um, <laughs> the the baby shark took over Nats Park. Even though everyone does it wrong, like please, yeah, everyone does do it wrong. Keep doing it. It, <laughs> it. it bothers me. Like I hate it. I'm so sick of that song. But everyone does it wrong, but I digress. Um, Can so I tell a story my... really quick? Yeah, sure. Of yeah, course, do course. It. Well, it's not really a story. It's just something funny. So you know how like in sports bars or just like, I guess some restaurants do it. They have the touch tunes thing where you can like, it's like a jukebox, but you can download the app and play it on your phone. You know yeah. what I'm talking huh. about? Yep. Um, so like whenever I'm at like Green Turtle or something, um, whenever I'm about to leave, uh, I play Baby Shark as I'm leaving, so that way everyone <laughs> who's still in the bar gets mad that they're like, "Who the hell played that song?" And I, it, I'm like, "Couldn't, couldn't be me. Gone. I'm walking out. It wasn't me." So I'm the wow. Baby Shark Bandit. 
I think it's really funny. But <laughs> I think I'm gonna call you that from now on. You would be my daughter's favorite person. Who every time that comes on, Baby Shark Bandit. She comes like running into the room to watch and do the Baby Shark song. So kids are into it for sure. Yeah, it's like no, the scream strangler. Run. <laughs> it's like that, yeah, so but my, different. <laughs> my five favorite moments. Um, number five on my list. I had the Nationals going back to back to back to back against the Padres. Um, whenever you hit back to back home runs, it's fun. Whenever you hit three in a row, it's great. But whenever you hit four in a row, it's like you're on liquid cocaine because like it's just so rare, and you're just so much better than the opposing team <laughs> and make the pitcher cocaine. feel like crap. Yeah, man, liquid <laughs> cocaine. So that's my that number five. Uh, you Tripping ever had balls. a Red Bull and vodka? <laughs> Uh, no, I might be too old for Red vodka, Bull. Red Bull, Red Bull and vodka, baby. You just went to Tijuana That's on enough. vacation. It was not Tijuana. Uh, well, and, prove it. Uh, yeah, you can't. Thank you. <laughs> there was no was vodka and Red Bull involved. I can tell you. Prove it. Red Bull and vodka. Um, for <laughs> four, Red Bull vodka. Number four. <laughs> Number four. I have. Corbin honoring Tyler Skaggs. Um, yeah, that's really he good. Drew, put the 45 in the sand, and then, you know, he had on his hat. Um, I think he pitched like the seven jersey innings, too. gave up two. Yeah, with the jersey. Um, Mike Trout's tribute to him was really cool, but he doesn't play for a Nationals, unfortunately. So not Patrick yet. Corbin's tribute, not yet, <laughs> comes in at number four. Number three, it was a whole cluster of a day. Uh, Bryce's first return to Nats Park. Um, for a while, I was actually, I was legitimately proud of the fan base because it was the first time they ever showed that they cared about anything ever. That's a nice spin zone. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, right. People or dressed Bryce up. Bryce hit a 500 foot bomb off Jeremy Hellickson. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and uh, yeah, I didn't enjoy that at ugly. all. I was there and it was not fun. <laughs> See, for whenever little, you go to games, bad things happen. Why would you go to the freaking wild card game and make I got to bad go to the game happen? at the other end of the season where he got to sit and first we eliminated them and then we got to they got to sit in the bullpen and watch or in the dugout and watch us clinch a playoff spot. So that was cool. That was cool. Um number two, the comeback. The LOL Mets strike again. <laughs> Kurt Suzuki hit this thing. Bob Carpenter had the worst play call of it. The Mets broadcast so team bad. sounded the Mets broadcast team was more excited about that than Bob Carpenter was. I His calls are so bad. He's like, loud sound, left field, deep. And then says, see you later. Absolutely hate it. My wish is for Bob to get a new call. And then number one is why you always listen to your coaches and you try hard 24 seven. You're not like a slacker, like this Max Scherzer guy. Broken nose. Broken nose. The Max Scherzer black eye game. That was my that had number to be one a, moment. Yeah. That had to be the best moment of the season. That one. Was I mean, awesome. it didn't have to be Ryan's a man. He can decide what he wants. Actually, no. I hated that moment. It's off my list. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Broken Nose game, definitely one of the better parts. I mean, even though, like, the way he got it was so dumb, just so dumb. Like, it was cool seeing Max Scherzer, of all guys, with the black eye, broken nose, 
going out there and shoving for seven innings or whatever it was. So yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, it just was like one of those legend of max moments that we've seen, you know, with the 20 strikeout game and the no hitters and the whole thing. Like that was just one of those, one of those going in the mythology of Max Scherzer. So that one was awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, there were a lot of cool moments and there were a lot of down moments too. And, and times where it was easy to get discouraged. And, and if there's one thing you can give, you know, we all kill Davey on this podcast all the time and there are lots of reasons to do that. But if there's one thing I will give credit to Davey for, it's that he really does stay very even keeled no matter what's going on. And that can be sort of annoying when you're like, you know, the world is burning and everything's falling apart. Why are you so calm? But he really did keep the clubhouse. He never, you see it all, you see it with the Redskins today. They've clearly quit on their coach. Like these guys never quit on Davey and, and he held the, the, he held the locker room together during the worst of it. So I will give him credit there where it's due, in my opinion. Retweet. Uh, I mean, we can talk about that later, but that's fine. I, was, I, I just oh, don't know how now? much credit. I just, I don't think Davey deserves all that much credit. I really don't, but I mean, I can't argue with the result. So, and obviously I'm not I in mean, the think clubhouse. About the way, think about the way things might have gone if like Matt Williams were still the manager in a situation like that. I just you think mean the manager Davey's of the year, a, a good, Matt Williams, the manager of the yeah. year. I, I just feel like Davey's a good people. Matt guy, Williams got to me. Well, Matt Williams got fired because of the J- Jonathan Papelbon and Bryce Harper incident. Like, yeah, I mean, he, yep. Uh, the DC but, strangler. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, Davey's more of a player's coach for sure, but he's also a huge pushover and not yeah. really someone oh, who I'm makes not, the tough I'm not decisions. Giving him a pass on the stuff that he's not good at. We've talked ad nauseum about the things he's oh, not good at. Yeah, no, but I, I know. just I really do think he is as far as a people manager, I think he's done a good job at that. And and I just feel like as much as we give him a hard time, we should give some credit where he's done something well, which is I don't know. It you almost, know, I mean, it almost coach, feels guys like, like playing for him. It almost feels like someone like Para has more to do with keeping the clubhouse together than Davey does. But I mean, again, I can't argue with the results. I'm not going to spend too much time with on it. That's an off season discussion, and obviously right. we'll we'll know more post wildcard game. Yeah. I'm going to say something nice about Davey now because if he does horrible <laughs> in the wild card game, I immediately like regret this decision. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So let's do our beginning of the postseason. It all starts anew right now. What is our prediction for who is going to make it to the World Series and who's going to win? Ooh. So. So, well, all right, so we know we know the wild card. Well, technically, Ryan, you, you have to give a. A prediction right you have now, to give a prediction. You, you got to do it. Well, whoever wins Walker games losing in the NLDS. So that's my <laughs> prediction. Wow. What a cop out. Smart. Jeez. No, this is actually pretty smart. I didn't think there was a way around it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I think the Dodgers are really good this year. Um, obviously, it's not exactly a take. Uh, but I have Dodgers and Braves in the NLCS, which sucks. But um, I have the Dodgers in, coming out of the NL still because I think okay. they've been the best team all year. And I think it still reigns true in the postseason. Okay. You don't think so the Brewers I would got... have a shot against the Dodgers in the NLDS if they beat the Nats in the wildcard? No, no, no. They, they certainly do. I mean, I think the Brewers almost match up better against the Dodgers than the 
Braves, honestly. Um, but I don't know. I mean, without Christian Yelich, I mean, yes, they're still a, a damn good team. They're not just the Christian Yelich Brewers, like I said, but they're also not the Dodgers. <laughs> so, and if Ryan Braun can't hit like himself, then and they don't have Yelich, yeah, that's a tough. Yeah, one. He's washed, anyways. I don't like Ryan Braun, but that's another day's discussion as well. <laughs> it's gonna be um, a great nap next year. <laughs> you shut your mouth, Ryan. What you got? <laughs> I got in the NLCS, I got the Cardinals and the Dodgers. Um, I saw a stat about the Cardinals that they did. I can't remember what it was, but the last three teams that did that went to the World Series. So I have them beating the Dodgers in seven games in the NLCS. And then the Astros, who are going to sweep the ALDS, um, go to six games against the Yankees, and they're going to beat the Cardinals in five games in the World Series. They're going to be a force in the playoffs this year. Astros won the World yeah. Series over the Cardinals. Yeah, so the Cardinals well, are going to they they're going to do something World Seriesy. So they're going <laughs> to so they're going to get there, and you think they're going to lose? I don't know. I think they have a shot against the Astros. I mean, the Astros are the only team in baseball that has good starting pitching, good bullpen, good defense, and a and a good offense. Like they can do everything. Yeah, and they don't even have everyone healthy right now, which is kind of crazy that they're still this good. kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's super terrifying. Um, yeah, in the AL, I have the A's uh, beating the Rays in the wildcard game. Um, I have the Astros and A's going to five games uh, because Ooh. for some reason the A's are very good against the Astros. Um, but I do have the Astros prevailing. Um, because they just don't have the the pitching. Like, their bullpen is still good, but not as good as it was last year. Um, and obviously, no starting pitching is kind of a problem. Um, so I do have the Astros. I have the Yankees beating the Twins in five as well, because like the A's, the Yankees do not have starting pitching. Um, and for that reason, I have the Astros coming out of the AL. So I have a boring Astros-Dodgers World Series, but I will say that at the beginning of the year, I, w- I did have the the Cardinals winning the most games in baseball, which obviously didn't come true. But I did have them in the World Series, so I am going to so give myself credit for now that. You're changing your prediction. Oh yeah, the Dodgers are just too good, man. It's not fair. Yeah, and they have a good yeah. farm system. This is not fair. It's not fair. Hey, not fair. third most blown saves in baseball. Yeah, what? so I think that uh, my prediction is going to go Nats beating the Brewers in the wild card and sadly losing to the Dodgers in six in the NLDS. And then what? The Dodgers. In six? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic, okay? Trying to be no, somebody in six games in a five game series. Oh, I said NLDS. Yeah, I wish. I wish it were a seven-game series. You're right. It's it's the five. Sorry, I'm on Nyquil, so, they so get swept. I'm uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, I don't excuses. think they get swept. Do you think they get? Amanda's on drugs. Get, uh, if they make it, Do I am on drugs. You. No, the the Nats <laughs> match up really well with the Dodgers because they're starting pitching. They played so them pretty tough this series. year, don't you think? The bullpen will blow them now. They line up well. How do you think they'll do if they get to the NLDS against the Dodgers? Like, what would you think? They would lose in four. Okay. You think they don't uh, lose uh, you, you can't hide the bullpen in the playoffs. Yeah. That's a good I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you here. 
if they do get past the Brewers, they're getting swept by the Dodgers. You think and that's swept, not because, really? yeah, but just because, I mean, Max won't go into, I mean, maybe game two, but uh, he's not pitching all that well. Corbin does not pitch as well on the road as he does at home. Um, and if we go down to, yeah, oh, I, I don't save Corbin for game three, I think, because he's so much better mm-hmm. at home. No, I, I just mm. like I like I like the thought of that, but you're basically just save. You you need to pitch your best guys when they're available. Like yes, it'd be nice to have the luxury of saving Corbin for Game Three, but you didn't pay Corbin all this money to not pitch him when you need him. You you're going yeah. to need him Game One, so you you don't save guys in the playoffs. That's what you do to lose. And that's what Dusty did. And he was like, mm, I'm going to pitch Joe Ross in game four against the Dodgers. When we're up two games to one. Thank God. Dusty I like the matchup in game five. Defoe. Thank you, God. You don't say, yeah. Like you don't say people you, uh, in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think they'll get swept. I think they've played pretty well against the Dodgers this year. And I don't think they can get past them, but I don't. think Shocker. The Homer doesn't think they get swept. All right. Well, perhaps, but I think they've got <laughs> at least one win in them in that series if they get there. I don't no, know. The Dodgers it's are hard ragged. to be optimistic because we've had our hearts broken so many times that like the easy thing to do is to just predict doom and gloom because it's it's hard to put yourself. You know, it's hard to hope. And We're also DC sports down. fans, so right. But as John Walton told us in 2018, it's okay to believe. Okay. Well, I need him to tell me that again. I like reassurance. All right, I'll I'll tweet him and be like, "Hey, John, did you yeah. come on the pod? Care to discuss? Too? Yeah, yes, please. <laughs> Maybe he will. All right, finish that your prediction. Awesome. Okay, so I think the Dodgers come out of the NL, and I think I know it's so boring, but I just can't see anybody in the AL beating the, the Astros. It, it's just the rotations for both teams. I, I can't get past the rotations. Even the the four starters on both both teams, like they're pretty damn good, and it, they will most likely use their the four starters in a seven game series. Um, so good for them for having a good rotation, a deep rotation. But I just think that that carries them, and they both have good offenses, so it's not like they're losing anything there. Um, but I personally do have the Astros winning just because of everything, all the above. They're the best team in baseball. Like it sucks. Yeah, the Dodgers boring, fans are going to but... be distraught when they lose the World Series again. But I actually think if there's yeah. any chance, I don't think there's any chance of anybody but the Astros coming out of the American League. But I could see maybe the Cardinals coming out of the National League. I think it's going to be the Dodgers. Well, but if it were the Cardinals, it would... there's a hundred percent a chance. Anything I, could happen. I, I and plus it's the playoffs. It's not necessarily the best teams don't always win. It's the hottest teams. Like look, the Giants won three World Series at the beginning of the decade. They were never the best team. They were just the hottest team at the right time. Like, and that's all that matters when it comes to the playoffs. Are like, you listening, who, Matt? Make it so. Like, like Mike, Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager, said today that no one has bigger cojones than they do. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like, It doesn't matter who had the best record through 162. It's just who nuts up during the playoffs and plays the best brand of baseball that they can. So that's a lot of testicle historically that had one sentence. That was <laughs> Listen, it's playoffs. <laughs> like Ryan's great grandpappy said, nut up or shut up. Is that what he said? That's that's very touching. <laughs> nut up and shut up. That was the last words he said to me before he went to go get a carton of milk. 
Alrighty. We're gonna move on. <laughs> let's take back. our <laughs> let's take our Twitter questions. We actually got some good ones um for this week. Everybody are you, are you trying to say we don't to are you trying to say we don't normally get weeks, good ones? Are you insulting there are our some heaters? Weeks that are better than others? I'm just saying. Sometimes they bring it, and sometimes not so much. Yeah, we this don't. Week, we don't have a one lovely it. lady C question this week, so that's why it's better. Oh, that's harsh! Damn. Yeah, <laughs> you better edit that out, or you're gonna be in trouble on Twitter tomorrow. I can't. Ooh. She's gonna listen to this on like Friday and realize it. Like, yeah. it, it'll be over by then. Well, whenever Before she, she listens realizes. to it, you're in big trouble, mister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ryan, All right, how could you say Alan. that? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> at Alan underscore Bruce said, after we beat the Brewers, nice, do you hold on to Corbin for game three at home against the Dodgers? We just talked about this. Uh, I, I say no. I don't know that you can. Yeah. I, don't know no, I also say no. I mean, yeah, you can say you can hold on to him all you want because we're not beating the Brewers, but that's okay. Wow, so sure are you? <laughs> yeah, because you're going to the oh, game. You made me do this, <laughs> right, Please like her. right? Right. So at Alan underscore Bruce has another question, which is: Does Michael A. Taylor make the roster? So I think he probably does, at least for the wild card. I I, the- I would say I don't uh, I don't know about the wild card, but if we advance, I think he does. I agree. Yeah, I think they're going to have a longer bench for the wild card and less, fewer pitchers, so I think he's more likely to make the wild card. Yeah, that's true. What do you think, Ryan? I agree. I, I don't speak about this guy, so... You've <laughs> spoken <laughs> an awful lot about that guy. I, I agree. Um, at Truck2112 says, over under four and a half innings pitched by Max in the wild card game. Over, it should be five. And then Strauss goes two. Yeah, I, I would say over just because it'll be right before the third time through the lineup. Um, so, yeah, that would put the... Uh, hypothetically, though, obviously the third time through the lineup could be before four, but obviously if that happens, then something's gone wrong and Max should something's be out. Something's gone terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say it's not about innings pitch to me. It's whenever it's coming up on the third time through the order, get him out of there. Right, my per- and I think they will. I think I don't think they're going to let him go to the third time through. All right, mm-hmm. at I RG mean, hashtag Hunnit says, "Are we winning?" Is that like a philosophical <laughs> question, or does he mean the wild card game? <laughs> winning off the field. Yes. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, obviously, I think yeah, sure. I think they're going to do it. The boys, not so much. Not so much. So I think yeah, I, I, I never give uh, it. <laughs> well, Amanda's going to the game, so she cursed the Nats. Right. right you brought right. this upon uh, yourself. <laughs> you brought it upon yourself. All right. At Richmond John eight hundred four says, if Scherzer struggles early, say three runs in the first two innings, would you put Matt Grace in to stop the bleeding? <laughs> uh, Matt Grace is starting. Yeah, I read this and I couldn't tell if he was like serious or not. Like if he actually thought he's, Matt Grace was still in the roster or if he was no, being like sarcastic. I, I interact Either with way, him on Twitter funny. a lot and he one hundred percent knows that Matt Grace is not on yeah, the roster. Rich and John's the man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty funny either way. <laughs> yes. So um yes. So this is my answer to this. Yes, absolutely. Matt Grace will be in. <laughs> yep. All right. 
Um, at K-A-K-T-I, K-A-T-I underscore Nelson says, where should we park? So <laughs> these things at a metro <laughs> station somewhere far away. <laughs> no metro, metro yellow lines closed. Yeah, yellow yellow lines closed. Big there problems. there are two crucial lots at Nats Park. One on each side of the stadium. The first one's the yards. I haven't bought my ticket yet, so don't buy yours yet. Whoever's listening to this, um, it's so easy to get into because after it really the game, traffic's closed so like you don't have to wait for a crossing guard you don't have to wait for a light everyone just goes you turn left and you're right by the bridge in south capitol street it's so easy it's right next to the stadium it, the gate there is usually not that crowded and then yeah, on the a, complete by the right field entrance for those of you yeah. who are yep. so familiar with the stadium the security entrance right there it's right by garage c and on the other side of south capitol street right next to the liquor store there's like this fenced in rock lot that is really that's right easy across to get the in third, and out of. The third base gate, that's the place I always park. That's my go-to Yes, spot. except, except if you have a large uh, SUV, truck, or minivan, they put you in a side lot that is a pain in the butt to get in and get out of because it's not meant for large trucks. That's where they put everyone. So if you have a big truck, do not recommend parking there. But if you don't, it's really easy because you turn right, you're on South Capitol Street, and you're right on the bridge, and bada boom, bada bing, you're on your way home. So it's easy and to get on, into and out of. And on the bright side, if you park there, uh, you can stop at the liquor store after the Nats lose and uh, drown your sorrows in uh, some uh, Such a negative some liquid. <laughs> oh, and my favorite family uh, who sells stuff after the game is along that strip and they have a really fun song about all the stuff they sell and I love them so much. I know exactly who you're talking about. They are my favorite. Yeah, well, um, I'm glad you're not going to the game net because you would probably just be like that guy in the Major League movie who's going, whatever! They'll blow it in the playoffs! Just be Mr. I mean, they have they have every time beforehand, so... <laughs> plus, if, plus, if I keep my expectations low, I am happy when they exceed it. If my expectations are high, there's really nowhere to go but down. The key to happiness is low expectations. My mother always told me that. Great advice. Yeah. Same. Except my parents still hate me, so. Well, <laughs> what is the old Simpsons reference from Homer? It's, you tried and you failed. Or, you did your best and you failed. The lesson is, don't try. <laughs> Sage advice from Homer Simpson. All right, so our who's mad of the week, Ryan? Yeah, so my favorite segment. Um, there were a lot of people that I could have picked this week. This was a really good week for me. Um, people do <laughs> the not want actually. <laughs> You're a little polarizing um, on Twitter, Ryan. I don't people, know if you do. Oh, I, I embrace it. It's absolutely incredible because people get so mad on the internet. It's hilarious. People do not want to admit anymore all the great things Bryce Harper has done for this franchise, and they get so mad about oh it. And it's so yeah. easy. And I know the demographic of every single one of them, too, but I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm going to focus on <laughs> this tweet. So I tweeted a fake tweet with the Photoshop that Francisco Lindor it was going to be coming to the Nationals in the offseason. Um, Indians fans were furious over this. I had Nats fans <laughs> who were like, 
Um, sources told me this was their plan B if they don't sign Rendon. Shut up, dude. I just made this up. But one right. tweet. You don't have sources. Also, you have no sources. Stop it. <laughs> one tweet stuck out of all of them. And it comes from my man at Spencer Myers 24. Great guy. Never seen him before in my life. But he responded Family to it. Podcast, and he said, so censor yourself. Um, yeah, Nick's going to censor it because I'm not. Um, at Spencer Myers 24 said. So I think that's it. So um, thanks for listening. As always, uh, we appreciate it. We have a very big week for the Nats coming up. Hopefully more than just one game. Why? What's happening? In our season. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing for you because you're not going. So. Saving Those my of money. us who are Nats fans and think they going might advance in the playoffs are going to go to the wildcard game. All right. All right. Well, I think that should just about do it for us. You guys have anything else? Nope. nope. I got nothing. All right. Well, big, big game for our nationals coming up. Um, we appreciate you guys listening as always. Hopefully our next pod will be talking about the NLDS and not a requiem for the season that was. Um, we will get together next week regardless and get you guys a good show and uh, we will continue to do the show in the off season it might not be every week but one way or the other uh, we will not leave you guys high and dry um again i'm amanda you can find me on twitter at a white 7877 you can find nick and ryan at dc natchak and you can find the show at half street high heat um you can check out the dmv sports network at their website dmvsportsnetwork.com or on Twitter and Instagram at dmv underscore sn. And they're always looking for more writers and podcasters. So if you guys are interested in that, feel free to reach out to them. And you guys have a great night. And uh, yes, good luck. Go Nats. Hopefully it goes well on Tuesday. Put your money on the Brewers. (laughs) You're a terrible person. All right. you. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the calls has passed the wall to see you later. can see they're running scared cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air tell the library of congress that they might not want to look cause we're putting curly w's in every book
Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.